Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Today's guest is Jody O'Meara. In 2009, she had a near-death experience where she encountered Jesus, and since then, she has experienced so much more. Jody, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I really appreciate you giving me some of your time. You're very welcome. Hello, hello. Hello. All right. My audience loves to hear about near-death experiences. So can we start on the day that yours happened and tell us what happened? Yes. Uh, Leading up to my near-death experience, I was uh, 26 weeks pregnant with my daughter, my first child, and I was uh, experiencing preeclampsia, which is, you know, a your body's basically going into like a toxic shock uh, because it believes the baby is a foreign body and it starts to try and get rid of that foreign body and shut. It does that by shutting your body organs and things down and the balance that the doctors are sort of trying to play is keep the baby in as long as possible to give the baby the best chance and to keep you as balanced as possible to give you the best chance as well and they always get to a point where they then have to take the baby out. So you usually have a premature baby. So at 26 weeks, I was getting very, 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 very sick and starting to present with HELP syndrome, which is where the organs are starting to shut down. And it was time to take the baby out. Um, And we were, uh, I was having some spiritual experiences just before that, uh, where I was lying in bed in the ward, um, I had a ward to myself, and I saw my great aunt Eleanor. And I've never met her in my life. I've just seen pictures of her, but and I've heard about her, and I've always thought she was quite cool. And she appeared, and I just knew it was her. And I was like, "Oh, it's Eleanor." Hmm. And she told me that everything was going to be fine, that I was going to be fine, and I felt this huge sense of peace like a big sort of overwhelming sense of peace go through my body. And then the next day, everything kind of started happening. Uh, So the doctors decided they were going to take the baby. And when I got into the operating room, uh, the doctors, when they opened me up and brought my daughter Evelyn out, um, they sort of, I could just tell they were panicking a little bit. I could just tell by the doctor's eyes, she looked panicked over her mask <laughs> and um, they they were rushing. I could tell they were rushing and I heard her say, oh, there's old blood in here. There's old blood in here. And then um, 
out, out they whipped with my husband and my baby. They went upstairs to the to the NICU unit and then the doctors, the whole room filled up. The doctors were all talking. <laughs> it was all happening. And um, I asked them to put me out because it was all getting a bit much. And then I don't remember much from there. I remember seeing my parents and beside my bed and apparently I was in ICU at this stage and they were having to sort of go back in and out, in and out of my body. So they kept having to keep me in, in a sort of level state. I think they lost me at one stage because I then experienced, the only way I can describe it, it was like a, a charcoal black place. It didn't feel evil or not. It felt beautiful. Um, but there, I wasn't seeing anything as such. I was a consciousness and I was feeling um, and I was hearing, so sort of almost telepathically. And there was a being with me who I know and felt uh, was Jesus. And I was showing my husband and my daughter and what life would be like for them without me in it. And I didn't feel any emotional attachment to that. I felt that that was the way the order of things should be, that if, if that's what happened, that is the way it was supposed to be. It would just be a different life experience for them without me in it. Yes, they'd have hardships. They'd have things that they would go through, but that would be okay. That would be the journey that they would go through without me in it. I did not get a choice uh, as to whether I wanted to come back or not. I just suddenly came back. I never got a choice. Um, and I just remember this being feeling really good. I felt very surrounded by love. I didn't feel afraid. Um, I didn't feel that anything was a big deal or a problem. You know, like I was very calm, extremely calm. And, and afterwards and beforehand, people kept saying, including the doctors, you were so calm the whole way through everything, you were so calm and they couldn't get over how calm I was. Um, and when I woke up and I had, I had a tube down my throat, um, but I saw my parents and I just, I saw them standing beside my bed. And I just remember, I, I can't describe the amount of love that is like all the love in the universe I felt for my parents. And I just wanted to give it to them. And it was like otherworldly love. It didn't feel like, your average Joe love, you know, that we feel for our parents felt otherworldly and all encompassing. And like, I just wanted to surround them and, and immerse them in that love. And I don't remember speaking. Um, I didn't, don't remember saying anything to them. Um, they said later on uh, when I, and I, my timings are a little bit off because I was in a bad way Um I think by this time the tube was out of my throat and um, I was speaking, but I don't remember speaking. And I just remember seeing them. Um, and I, my mother told me later on, a few days later, that I was saying to her, it's okay, everything's okay, Jesus is here, it's all right, Jesus is here, it's, everything's going to be fine, everything's going to be okay. And she thought I was just on some really great drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, She's sort of, you know, just thought, oh, yeah, good drugs. Um, she's away with the fairies. And it wasn't until days later when I kept talking about 
meeting Jesus and seeing Jesus and seeing these things um, that she started to think, hmm, hang on a minute, there's something going on here. And then later on when I was a bit more awake and with it, um, my husband would come down and spend time with me in ICU, just sit there and read his book. And I was I was sort of recovering. Um, and my daughter was upstairs in Niku. And I was lying there and I felt a presence of a woman. I knew it was a woman. I don't know why. I just knew. Uh, it was like a knowing that you get. Um, and I said to my husband, oh, there's a woman here. And he said, no, Jody, there's no one here. I said, yes, yes, there's a woman here. He said, no, there's no one here. And then I felt her sit down on my bed. I felt that depression on, that you get when someone sits down on the bed. I said, oh, she's just sat on the bed. And he kept saying, no, Jody, there's no one here. And I kept saying, yes, yes, there is. And then she touched my tummy, which is where all the action had happened. <laughs> um, and she just touched it really lightly. And it felt like a cool, like someone had got a cool glass of water and poured this water into my stomach and it went out like a ripple effect, you know, like felt the best feeling of, oh, it was so good. So I believe that that was a healing for my stomach. Um, and then I, I just knew that this, well, I just knew it was Jesus um, was turning up. He was coming and he stood at the end of the bed. Now, I didn't physically see him. I just felt him, is how I would put it. And he wasn't just there for me. He was there for everyone there, for, for everyone who was in ICU, because I had a baby beside me that was in a bad way, and I had a Maori man. We, You know, in New Zealand, we have Maoris, and a Maori man was in the bed beside me. Uh, he was in a really bad way. He was dying. And Jesus had turned up for, for everyone that was there. And I just was the one that felt him. And he, I can't even describe what this love was like. And it just went, it hit me like a wave. It just went boof over the top of me. It was so incredible. And in my mind's eye, I saw light. I saw like a, like a whole load of light. And I said to my husband, oh, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And he said, no, Jody, no one's here. No one's here. I said, yes, yes, Jesus is here. He's here. And I also then afterwards started to feel, um, I started seeing things and feeling things and having things happen. So the Maori gentleman beside me, I could see his ancestors that were coming to collect him. I could feel um, the heaviness of those ancestors because he hadn't been a very good man in life and he was going to go through a atonement and sort of a process and they were coming to take him for that process to sort of review his life and how he had behaved in life. And the baby beside me, I knew the baby was going to recover. I knew it was very sick, but it, but it was going to recover. There were things like that that was happening. And I also knew that everything was going to be fine with me and my daughter um, it was a long recovery afterwards, <laughs> lots of years of recovery. And, um, you know, I, I sort of didn't really talk about my near-death experience to anyone too much because people started telling me, you know, shutting me down, basically. Um, 
And in my family, I think what you need to understand is I'm not religious. I'm not a religious person. I'm still not a religious person. Um, I was not brought up that way. And in my family, we, we were, you know, every, other people were, it's cool for other people to believe that and go to church and things, but we didn't do that. And if anything behind closed doors, my family would kind of scoff at that sort of thing, uh, poke fun at it, uh, things like that. So in my family, it was a pretty big thing for me to start outwardly saying, I've, you know, Jesus came, I've met Jesus, I've had this experience. Um, and it and it sat with me uncomfortably for a long time, even though I knew what I'd, what I'd felt, what I'd seen, what I'd experienced, I... I sort of thought, why me? Why did he come to me? Why me? What, what's what's this all about? So at one stage, a couple of years later, I went to a spiritualist church and said, why me? Why did, you know, why has this happened to me? And they said, oh, it doesn't have to be a why. It's just a gift for you. Just accept it. So I started to work on accepting it and sort of got braver at talking about it a bit more. Um and then after I'd had um, some other sort of spiritual experience, experiences, I've lost a lot of babies along the way. I've sort of had a lot of trouble having babies. And with the ones that I've lost, I've had spiritual experiences. Um, one girl in particular, a daughter, um, came back to me and um, in a dream and started showing me that she was okay and she was like a bird, like a white bird, and she was surrounded by this white light, and oh, it was incredible, and it was just this huge love and kind of letting go and forgiveness, and um, it's okay, it doesn't matter, I, and again, she told me that if I'd, if I'd come to earth, great, but I didn't, and that's okay too, it's just I could have come and had an experience, but I didn't, and that's okay. And not to hold on to that. Um, it's just how, how it is. So that was really amazing. Um, and I just started to have more and more of these types of experiences. And then I started to have most, it started off in dreams, having v visitations from people who had passed over. And the dreams had a different quality to them. They were almost like, you know, the new TVs that you get now. They're so high definition and the colours are incredible. That's what those dreams were like. And I would always wake up feeling that, feeling a bit exhausted, actually, um, like I hadn't slept. <laughs> and um, I just had a, this overwhelming compulsion to give this message to who it was for. Uh, when these started happening, I had no, I have no control over it. I still have no control of it. It happens randomly, uh, out of the blue. I don't make it happen. Um, and at first, it was always someone that I had some sort of little tiny connection to. So it might be a friend's husband. The first one was a friend's husband, who I'd met briefly to say hello, and then that was about it. He left the room and took off out never met him again and he passed at 47 uh, from spine cancer and he was a very fit healthy person so it was a big shock and it happened very fast and he came through to me and he showed me 
he he showed me how he could move his body now and how happy he was that he was back to his physical, like the, the abilities that he had. And he was so excited about that. And then he told me to tell his partner and he said it in a, in this way, he said, I tell Marg, I love, 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 love her. So when I woke up, I was like, oh, God, I've, got to, I've just got to tell her this message. I've got to. So I rang her and said, I need to come and see you. And she said, yep, okay. And we had this chat and I told her what I'd seen him using his body, you know, and he was, he was amazing. He was almost flying like Superman. It was incredible. And he was so happy. And I showed, I told her that he's, you know, he's so happy. And he wanted me to tell you, I love, 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 love you, Marg. You know, Marg, I love you You're like this. And, and she said, oh, that's how he used to say to me, mm. he loved me. That's how he said it. And she said, and the, and the thing is, I had the same dream on the same night of him using his body that way. And you've just confirmed that that's, that was him. And so things like this started to happen more and more and more. And then I had other spiritual things start happening as well. And it was all getting very full on. <laughs> and I didn't know a lot about it. Um, so I started to get braver and move out into circles uh, where I could meet like-minded people and talk about these things and get help and discuss what was happening and, you know, kind of learn through the whole process. Um, and each time I have a spiritual experience, I learn something new. I learn something like how I can communicate, how I best communicate with spirit, um, how they are on the other side and it, and it feels a little bit different to what I hear a lot of other mediums talk about. So mine is slightly different, and I've, I've always been a bit amazed by it because I, when I experience spirit, they're not always happy. They're not always content and at peace and just want to tell you they love you. And they sometimes can be sad. They're sad to, you know, if their death was sudden and quick and they weren't prepared for it, they go through a processing time. Um, there are people there to help them through that and guide them through that and, and help them heal. But they they can be in shock. Uh, they can be confused. Um, some of, I've helped people who are stuck and stuck in in. They don't. They won't sort of move on with the people who have come to meet them. They they're stuck and still attached to the earth and what and their earthly life and what they did and how they behaved. Um, and yeah, uh, one was a cousin of mine. He he hadn't had a very good life. Um, hadn't been a very good person, and he was a distance distant cousin. And I didn't really want him to come through to me because I was a bit scared of him. He was quite a scary person. Um, and so I kind of tried to <laughs> not have him come through to me because <laughs> I thought, oh, God, I bet he comes through to me. And sure enough, he did. And, yeah, it was really nice and healing to be able to help him um, go over with the people that had come to meet him. He, he was getting stuck because he felt so much remorse and so much guilt about what he'd done in his life. And um, his death was very sudden and he was just going to, he was going to be a stuck soul basically. And I was able to help him see his people and let them guide him and move him through and to be brave enough to go through the atonement and the, and the process he needed to go through 
So, yeah, I've been having some pretty out there experiences since. Mm. I'm going to take you back to the beginning here. When you first saw your aunt that you never met, mm. I forgot her name. Um, no. uh, Eleanor. Eleanor. When you first saw her, did you see her in a dream or how did you see her? No. So I saw her standing beside my bed. And when I see spirit, they mm. look like shadow people. Hmm. So you can't see all their features and everything. But when, when, you, when I see them, I get a knowing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if I, if I know them, I get a knowing of who they are. If mm-hmm. I don't know them, I ask them who they are. Hmm. Um, and at first it was not with her so much, but when I started meeting you know, and having people who I didn't know come and see me, it was a bit scary. It, it can be scary. Uh, it takes a bit of getting used to <laughs> because mm-hmm. you're also tapping into their energy because they're trying to communicate with you and tell you who they are and show you who they are. Mm-hmm. And so they often get you to feel their character mm-hmm. and, and who they were as a person mm-hmm. um, in order to pass on those messages, you know, to, to validate their messages, I guess. Um, so, yeah, it can be quite scary when it first starts happening. Mm-hmm. Even though you were not a religious person at the time it happened, mm. when you encountered Jesus, would you consider that a religious experience? Um, I guess, yeah, you probably would. Because, I mean, you know, he's so well known. He's, he's the one that most people, you know, who are Christians and, mm. and Catholic and things like that, they talk, that's, that's the person they talk about. Um, mm. And yeah, but when I met him, he he wasn't to me. He's not the sensationalized version that we get to see a lot of. Uh, he's not that. To me, he wasn't up on a pedestal. To me, he was like a paternal figure, a brotherly figure, um, a really really nice, decent person to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like I had to fall on my knees and praise him or mm. prostrate myself or anything like that. He he didn't expect that either. Um, he told me, oh, that's all. Very, we had a bit of a laugh, actually, because he told me it's all very nice and everything, but it's not necessary. He doesn't, he doesn't you know, require that. And mm. if anything, um, he just feels like all-encompassing love. Um, mm. Yeah just really nice person. I have these podcasts almost every single day. And yesterday, literally I had someone that had an NDE that was so similar to yours. It was not with Jesus, but he went to a place that was all black, just like yours. And, and, and since I do these every day, I just starting to come to my own conclusions that I don't think when you're in that place, that you're not in a place of like overwhelming love. It was a calm, peaceful place, but it wasn't overwhelming love. Like when you go through the tunnel and you get to the light, then when you're in that place, it's overwhelming, unconditional love. But would you say that is true? The place you were at wasn't overwhelming love. It was kind of a calm, peaceful place. Yeah, I would agree. And, and I think when I think of going through the tunnel and, and, and going to, um, for want of a better word, heaven, um, or the other place, um, I felt like that was further on. I, that that wasn't where I was. Right. That that was further away. That was further out there. 
Yeah. Right. Oh, that's cool. And it's cool that then Jesus came. To me, that's a transitional place where you were at. Mm. That's what, mm. I mean, that's my interpretation of it. It's kind of like a transition, a transitional place. And it's pretty cool that Jesus came to that place to meet you, not waiting yes. for you to, not waiting for you to go to heaven. Yeah. I think that's the thing that I've found with Jesus since too, um, is that he comes to meet, he comes, comes to you. He comes to meet you. Um, I've used, you know, like he, to me is my guide. So when people talk about having a guide, um, these are my guides. He's my guide. Mm-hmm. And when I need him, I will call on him. Mm-hmm. So if I have a, a particularly difficult spirit or, or a particularly dark spirit that is needing to move on or move over, I will call on him. Mm-hmm. And he will come, literally. Like I, I can see him in my mind's eye. He will mm-hmm. come and he will guide that spirit home because they are particularly harder to deal with and they need that um that can be people who have taken their own life in in life and they are stuck in that in between Mm -hmm. um i don't think i was in that that real dark in between because there's lots of different levels i think Uh, and when when you have a tortured soul who's so who thinks that taking their life is gonna make everything all better and then they find oh my god it's not i'm stuck and then they get more stuck because they're tortured and they're so lonely or they're so um, unhappy. They get even more stuck and they become angry and they can feel their energy can feel scary. It can feel dark. And I think a lot of people, when they go into a house, if, if they're sensitives and they're empaths, if they go into a house and they feel that sort of deep, dark energy, sometimes that's what they're feeling as a soul that is caught and trapped and stuck in their own kind of, you know, space and building on that feeling of unhappiness. And I think personally, for me personally, I'm not talking about for everybody else, but for me, my guide, Jesus, is able to help them more and and has those special abilities to help them pass over and move over. When you were in that space and you were free from your body, did you feel like you were expanded, free, like, wow, I'm like not trapped inside yes. this body anymore. I'm free. I have all this space. Yes. Now. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. It feels like you, that you just understand everything. You understand how the world works. You understand how life works. You understand how the journey of life for a human is and why and um, that it that the you know that it's it's um, it's just a life path is it's not as big a deal as we make it out to be it's um, it's just like souls having experiences and and journeys and and trying things out and yeah you, you just kind of understand the bigger picture is there anything that happened with your NDE that you've never shared with anybody that you're willing to share with us? Um, no, I've, I mean, I, like I said, I didn't used to share it. I didn't used to talk about it because mm-hmm. I still don't consider myself religious. And, and yet, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. I say that Jesus is my guide. I talk about him. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe in him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's legit. I just, don't believe that I'm religious. 
um, if I was to describe myself, I would say I'm spiritual um, because that that kind of uh, resonates more with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as in sharing anything I haven't shared, no, no, I've been very open. I'm an open person. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, and, I, and I've wanted to share it with people because I think that's all part of it. Um, I think it's important to share this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you go to church now since this experience? No. No, I don't. Nope. Not interested. Not interested in all of that. I don't I don't like it when people when people are struggling um or they're trying to understand something uh spiritual and people start telling them that they have to accept God and they have to, you know, uh, go to church and meet Jesus and they have to accept Jesus into their heart and things like that. I, I don't like that stuff at all. It just does not resonate with me. It's not my experience of him. Um, it's not what's necessary. Um, I just don't. Yeah. Nope. Okay. Have you had any negative after effects of your NDE experience? No. <laughs> um, no. Other, other than, you know, you'll always get people that don't believe you. They'll always get people that will scoff at it. Um but other than that, no. It's been probably one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had mm-hmm. in my life. Um, and and I shouldn't really say that, actually, because I've had even even more amazing experiences since. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had things happen that if you told me they were going to happen, I would have just laughed at you and said, no, that's not going to happen to me. That's not going to happen. What, what a load of baloney, you know. So, yeah, I think if anything, it, it woke me up and mm-hmm. opened me up. And expanded me. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes NDEs, that's what they're for. They're to wake you up a little bit uh, and get you going, you know, change your path a little bit and get you going down the path where you're supposed to, or you, where you can learn more um, and get a deeper connection with yourself and a deeper connection with that there's more, there's more out there that they are loving I've got your back. Yes, you're going to go through hard times. Yes, you're going to go through tragedy, but um, you've got this connection always, and it's loving and beautiful. Before meeting Eleanor, did you ever have any of these paranormal experiences where you were meeting people from the other side or any of that? I, as I said, I had a family that would shut that sort of thing down uh, and poo-hoo it and um, say it was all in my imagination. So growing up as a child, looking back now that I'm probably more connected to this than I've ever been, I now realise I was. But at the time, because I was so young, I did not realise what was happening. I knew not to talk about it. I knew not to say anything because every time I did, I got told that it was my imagination that that's not real, you know, all that sort of thing. But, yeah, as a child, there were definitely things happening. There were energetic things more than anything. Like I would go to people's houses and I might be there for – I'd literally walk in the door and I wouldn't want to be there. That The the feeling in the house was wrong to me. That's all I knew. The feeling felt wrong and I didn't want to be there. Or I would pick up on how the family – um, the, the troubles the family 
were going through. Like there might be a family member that was going through something specifically, or if there was a dominant figure in the family, I would pick up on that. Um, I would often stay over the night at people's houses and in the middle of the night wake up and want to go home. I just wanted to go home. And looking back now, I was probably, once you go to sleep, you're a lot more receptive to things. And I was probably having experiences and I didn't understand them. I just knew I was frightened and I wanted to go home. And I didn't understand what was happening. Um, there were definitely things as a as a teenager where I had a few experiences and I thought, oh, that's a bit weird. Um, and I was always the sort of person that people came to, um, to and they told me all their problems. <laughs> like I was one of those people that people would confide in and and I would guide them. And I was always a lot more wise sort of beyond my years, so to speak. Um, And things like that would happen, but not to the point where I was having people who had passed over come and see me. But I've even had people now who have Alzheimer's or have dementia and they haven't passed over yet and they have come and seen me. Mm. Wow. So they're obviously in a like a, must be in some kind of state within their head and their body and their soul and they can come and tell me things um excuse me i'm just losing my voice (coughs) but um and i've had a person who was sick with cancer and dying and pretty much days away from dying who came to see me as well and show me what it felt like she had ovarian cancer and um show me what it felt like and to give a message to her best friend how often do they come and see you now? Lately, not very often. Uh, it's gone very quiet for some reason. I'm sorry, I'm really going to have to have a big cough. Excuse me for a moment. <coughs> sorry about that. Um, yeah, lately, for some reason, things have been very, very quiet. Um, I think that's, I get the feeling it's because there's so much going on. There's so much death happening at the moment. So many people passing that it's almost like overload. Yeah. And I think, you know, some spirits find it harder to communicate than others. Um, it can take them longer to communicate. Last year was a big year for me. I had massive, massive amounts of experience. Um, towards the end of the year, it started to taper off and go quite quiet. And I thought I'd lost it. I literally thought, oh, that's it. It's over. (laughs) It's finished. (laughs) Um, But then um, I've had a few just in the last sort of couple of months. So it must still be there. It's just a bit quieter at the moment. And I believe that's because there's just so much going on. Um, And also what's been happening a little bit more is my five-year-old son has been he he can hear and see spirit and so they've been coming through him mm. and then they come to me and he sort of he sort of passes them over which is quite interesting and managing that is is difficult because he's only five yeah. and he gets scared and um it's sort of having to you know keep that balance of his innocence um and not tell him very much at all, but you know he's definitely having experiences. So you kind of got to help him a little bit as well. Yeah. 
If you don't mind me asking, how did your husband deal with all this? <laughs> yeah. Now, my husband is the earthiest, most blokish. <laughs> we are like talking teas. <laughs> and he um, he's beautiful. He's, he's a Sagittarius, so he's very into, you know, if you know Sagittarius, he's He's just a saggy through and through. And so um, the beautiful thing about him is he has been really open. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't get it. But he's been very accepting of it and um, open to me doing what I do. And he, he can't dispute that something's going on because of some of the messages that I've had. Mm. When, you, when people come to you, are you usually in the dream state or are you conscious like we are together now? I can. I used to always be in the dream state. It started off always in dreams. Now I'm awake hmm. as well. So it can happen both ways. But it started happening more and more and more while I was awake. That's very interesting. I have an old podcast where I have a Catholic priest and people started coming to him in dreams needing help. And then I guess him and wow. another one of his friends, um, another priest that can are able to communicate the person, it, you know, during, like as a medium or something, then they start helping people mm. who can't cross over, cross over. It kind of sounds like what you're doing. Yeah, it, it does. I, I feel like I'm doing a bit of everything. It's quite, and I, I have really strong sense of smell as well. I have the, the clear sentience. I have the whole lot. I'm, mm. I'm hearing, seeing, smelling. Um, it, it is just really, if you told me that this was going to happen to me, that I was going to be doing these things, I would have just laughed at you. I would have mm. been like, no, no mm. way. I, I remember years and years ago going to a medium or a clairvoyant or whatever she was, um, for a friend, I went with a friend and it was for her. And I remember walking into the room and sitting down, just being her support. And I was going to write everything down for her as she had her reading. And this woman said, I want to talk to, to you first. And she pointed to me and I said, oh, no, no, I, I'm not having a reading. And, and she said, no, but I want to talk to you. I'm, I'm telling you that you can do what I do. You can do what I'm doing. And I went, no, no way. And she was like, yes, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And I just thought, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, then after after 2009, <laughs> all these things started happening. And I think it just, it went slowly to get me used to it. I think the dreaming was often the easier way to experience it and not so scary. Um, and I've gotten better at it and so that's why now it's happening more as I'm awake because yeah. I've sort of gotten used to it um, and and a lot of people talk about this in, in the sort of spiritual world and I this really you know speaks to me is it's getting used to those energies and how they feel and I think when you're an empath um, that's what it's all about you know that it's about how they feel and different energies feel different just like when you meet a person you'll get a good feeling or a bad feeling you know, um, you'll sort of connect or you won't. Uh, it's like that. That's that's how it feels. Do you think the ability you have now is a gift or a mission that you were that was given to you by Jesus, or this whatever you whatever you're experiencing is just coincidental? 
Um, I don't feel it's a mission. Um, I feel it as a gift, a little bit of a gift. Um, I don't feel it's a mission. Uh, I've thought maybe that because when it first all started happening, I thought, oh my, am I expected to do something with this? Do I, is this what's going to start happening now? And I'm supposed to become a medium. Yeah. I'm supposed to, ha- but, but no, I sort of more feel now that um, there are people out there. There's all sorts of different types of people out there who have these abilities on different levels and different ways. And that, you know, you, it's like there's kind people out there who go around spreading love. They're just the most amazing people. And when you meet them, you warm to them and they make you feel good. And they, you know, if you're going through hard times, they could be your friend, they could be your mother, they could be your workmate, whoever. It could be a random person you meet on the street and they do something for you that feeds something in your soul and awakens you or enlightens you or just helps you for that day you know that's what I feel I am and that's what I feel we all are if we want to be do you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. like so these things that I can do are just helping other people with their life and their life journey that they're having it's helping them maybe um, like when someone's stuck in grief and you give them a message even if it's only a little tiny message, it, 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 it shifts something in them. It helps them with that grief and it helps them in their life and it helps them on their journey of recovery and healing and coming to grips with that person's passing. Um, and I think that's what it's all about. I think we're, I know that we are, that there are special people on the planet who are there to sprinkle those good feelings and those good vibes to help others to lift their energy and lift their happiness levels and help them feel good, help them have, you know, because we all are going to go through times where, you know, and some of us are going to go through really traumatic events. Um, We're going to struggle with that. We're going to internalize it. We're going to, it's going to affect how we operate on earth. And I just feel like there are people here a bit like myself um, and that we can all do it um, to just make life for each other mm-hmm. easier, better, help, help help with our growth, help with our soul's journey, help with the, you know, changing direction. Like some people are so stuck and you just talk to them a little bit and then suddenly they change direction and it might make them read a book that they would never have read it might make them look at these sorts of websites. You know, when you lose someone, I see this a lot. Um, when people lose someone, they start searching. They start searching for meaning and they start searching for healing and growth. And I think that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have a mis- mission as such. I think I am a person who is here to help other people realize their own um what they're capable of I think I help them expand Hmm. that's great that's kind of how I I feel about it (laughs) I I think that's great after you experienced all this two things do you believe in reincarnation and or do you have an opinion of like what is the point of life for humans 
Yes, I do. <laughs> I do believe in reincarnation. Mm-hmm. I do. Um, I've experienced a, a bit of a life review, which I wasn't expecting, and that gave me understanding for patterns in my life now, that things mm-hmm. that I've um, gone through and behaviours that I've had, uh, it's woken me up to those. And I definitely believe in reincarnation. I believe in, um, I don't think karma is quite, you know, karma, people use karma, but I do believe that souls have to go through a a, a sort of a type of atonement or review of how they've behaved in their life. Um, I believe the purpose of this place this world is we're having life experiences we're having life journeys we're we're a soul having an experience that will expand us and if we don't fully experience it in all its um, heartache and glory we don't expand as a soul and that's what it's all about when did you have your life review just last year i had a life review yeah i was just lying on my bed um having a bit of a bit of a quiet moment to myself and it it just happened I I didn't go and see someone or have hypnotherapy or anything it just happened and it it's like a it's like having a movie in your head it's like and that's what being having these sorts of messages is a bit like you you see things in your mind's eye and then you get a knowing with it it's like a deep a deep knowing um so that's the only way I can kind of describe it no it's great So are you a public or a private person? And what I mean by that is after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and talk to you about their experience or ask you questions. So are you available for people or are you private? Uh, No, I'm available. I'm happy to talk and chat. I just want people to realize that I'm, I'm not like some of those mediums you see on the TV where I can mm. just make it happen and I can say, mm. oh, I've got your father here or I've got your mother here. I, you know, if you're grieving, mm. I can't make it happen. Mm. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'd love to be able to make it happen, right. but I can't make it happen. Um, but I'm happy to chat about all mm. sorts of things. I have a little bit of a different, I think, viewpoint and way of looking at things that I think find, people find interesting um, you know, about darker energies. Dark, I don't see them as demons or anything like that. Um, yeah, so I have a slightly different take on things, which I think people like to talk about and find interesting. Yeah. What's the best way for people to find you? Probably Facebook. Yeah, probably Facebook's the best, the best way to find me. Um, that's my main, I'm not very technically savvy, so I haven't set up a website and got anything flash going on or anything. <laughs> um, but so Facebook's probably the best way. Okay. All right. Well, before we wrap it up here, is there one last message that you can share with us? Um, Jesus is real. He's legit. He's, uh, he was an ascended master. And he is very, very kind, very loving. He is not judgmental. He's a really, he's a hard shot. He loves to have a joke and um, reach out. He is there and he will listen to you and he will answer you. Maybe not in the ways you expect him to answer you, 
um, you have to sort of wake up to it and realize that you can be watching, you, you can ask a question from him. And then the next day you can be watching a, a movie or reading a book and the answer leaps out from just a sentence in the movie or a theme that the movie is talking about and in that moment or the, a passage in a book. And that's him coming right back at you. It's just being aware that he is there and and he's all about love and that's what it's all about that's great also before we go do you have any projects that you're working on that you want to share with us or a website or anything like that no i don't i don't <laughs> i'm literally just starting to think that maybe i need to start do i've i've got this idea in my head to write a book mm-hmm. um but other than that no i don't okay. i'm don't at all I didn't think so, but I wanted to make sure that I gave the opportunity just in case I was wrong. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, I do readings. I do crystal card readings. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, other than that, but I don't advertise it. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm quite uh, a little bit humble, I guess. I'm probably a little bit too humble, but that's the way I roll. That's cool. All right, Jody. Well, thank you so much for sharing with me today. I really appreciate you. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.